The Morning Show. The Home Team. No, it's both. It's the crossover. Crossover! Step back! Presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen right here on 960theref.com. All right, it is another edition of the Crossover Podcast. Chris and uh, Dave along with you. Chris from the home team, Dave from the morning show, and you mix that up, and that's where you get the Crossover Podcast. Georgia has uh, returned from its off week. They will head to Kentucky Saturday to take on the Cats. And um, maybe maybe a Falcons mention, too, although as we're recording this, the Falcons play on uh, Thursday night against the Panthers. So, Tonight, yes. Yeah. I mean, if we wanted to mention the the shenanigans of Sunday's loss to the uh, Lions, where it really has, I was just looking at a photo today, which might be the most Falcons photo ever. It's Todd Gurley sprawled across the goal line, <laughs> and a lion throwing his arms in the air, signaling touchdown. And which is funny because there were there was another one that was uh, was it Collins I think that was signaling the touchdown. There was another one that was saying he didn't get in. It's like did they? know that they were trying to not let or to trying to let him score i was confused by that i think most of them did because the there was one guy that actually like started to wrap him up and yeah, then let him go i let guess him go. it was I, a good it looked good it looked like he was trying to tackle him. yeah i think they wanted to pretend maybe that yeah. they weren't just completely surrendering a touchdown yeah. there but uh hey, in the end it's like t- honestly the, the falcons need to be losing games now so that was a that was a good touchdown todd scored for the uh for the future of the franchise uh, yeah, I don't think that, that hurt the Falcons at all. There's nothing no. wrong at all with that. If they can get a, a high draft pick for whoever the new GM ends up being and whoever they decide is going to be the uh, the new head coach. I was surprised, too, that, that like Matthew Stafford's had, like was it 30 or something, fourth quarter comebacks or drives or a little touch. Did you see that stat? I didn't I see like, that. I didn't know the Lions had even won that many games since he'd been there. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it. And that was the first game he's played in Atlanta. Like They hadn't played the... Cause it, I I remember the Falcons playing up there a couple of years ago, and they've played. Wasn't it the Lions? Atlanta was playing in London that year that the Falcons somehow got to the two minute warning. The Lions had no timeouts, and Atlanta still somehow lost the game. Wasn't that also against Detroit? Uh, yes, yes, <laughs> that was a bad day. Yeah, the Falcons have had weird endings against the Lions. Yeah, because yeah, it was it was like two or three years ago in Detroit that the they thought the Lions had scored. They reviewed it, decided that it wasn't a touchdown, so then the, it was a 10-second runoff and the game ended. And then Sunday's game kind of had the same thing with a late review, but since the call on the field stood, they uh, they didn't have that 10-second runoff, unfortunately. Was Matt Ryan's first win, that very first game, was that against the Lions? Does that... I, uh, yeah, that... Or is that going too that far That would require back? a Google... I want to say that takes us all the way back to what oh seven the two thousand seven season, and I want to say that was his first game, um, but I may be wrong on that one. I'm checking it as we speak. But uh, uh, they ended up winning that game. Uh, let's see, they ended up. I thought they won that, or was it two thousand eight? His first season was. I know they won that game, right? I guess he, or was it 2008 was his first I season? I guess it, uh, 08 would have been his rookie year. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the 2008 Falcons. Okay. So, I, I, it seems like they've just had this kind of weird, even though they haven't played 
the the lions that much some kind of weird connection with them i don't know but yeah these weird finishes or whatever it is but yeah that that game on sunday could not have ended any <laughs> in a more know, spectacular any, yeah just a crazier way and yeah then, you know you've got the falcons you've got the 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 georgia connection with um with stafford and then swift swift scored sunday also, even Isaac Nauta caught a pass, I believe, in that in that game. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was the Detroit Lions that the Falcons beat that year in two thousand and eight. That was that was Ryan's very first game. It was a thirty four twenty one victory. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a first so, career win. First career win, and now here they are. Yeah, and now just another uh, soul crushing loss. Although in the end, probably not. Uh, not that bad but we like football here on the crossover podcast so we'll talk uh georgia now heading to kentucky had a week off after losing that game to uh to alabama it's kind of funny that in the like last week in the during the bye week there seemed to be a lot of you know there was quarterback talk and what the future is going to look like there at that position and now the the week of the game has come around and that's just been kind of dropped because um you know i mean i think kirby's been pretty firm with his stance of you know stetson bennett is this team's starting quarterback and you know i guess jt daniels has been in some way cleared to play but it doesn't sound like he's necessarily got full movement and is really ready to play so you know bennett's georgia's quarterback from here on out yeah yeah and i what happened to dwan mathis uh, yeah i know he just a non i mean he was the starting quarterback <laughs> Got pulled pretty fast in that Arkansas game, and all of a sudden we hadn't heard his name or anything since. And I think it's it's I guess we talked about this already, but you know when you look back at how you know good Arkansas's defense has looked at times this year, that maybe you you go back and you rethink. Like, yeah, Mathis didn't look good in that first half, but you know there was there was a bad snap that didn't help him and things like that. But you know maybe now in the a couple weeks have passed and you review Arkansas and realize, well, I don't know, maybe playing poorly against their defense wasn't yeah. wasn't that awful. Uh, exactly. I mean, that doesn't look like and Georgia still won thirty seven to ten, still won by four touchdowns against an Arkansas team that I think is a little bit better than we thought. Yeah. Now I guess I mean the counter to that I guess is that Bennett did come in that game and play much better against that same yeah. defense. Yeah. But um but yeah, it is interesting how Mathis was the team's starting quarterback and now it's just he's not even a factor it's either is is Bennett going to continue to start or are we going to see JT Daniels but no one's interested in Mathis anymore yeah I know it's weird it's very strange and uh you know the other talk too is I guess it was uh coach Saban was it earlier this week where he was saying hey you know he's a defensive guy and he's been known for having great defenses but he said the defenses can't keep up with offense now. You got to have the offense. Yeah, to well, win. I mean, we've realized that now twice. Yeah, here the SEC title game last year with LSU and a couple weeks ago against Bama. And yeah. Saban pretty much said it. Like Georgia's got probably the best defense they'll face, and in the end, Alabama scored forty-one points. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you just you got to be able to score, and offense now for a variety of reasons is the the name of the game. And I think, you know, in most instances, that defense Georgia has is going to – like, I look at this week's game against Kentucky and think, like, I don't think Kentucky's going to score much. You know, so the question is, you know, how you know how much can Georgia do offensively? But, you know, I don't – but with the defense, I'm not worried about Georgia losing or anything like that because I think in Kentucky, we shut them out here last year, and I would expect that they would have a hard time getting much more than that this year too. 
Joey Gatewood's going to be the quarterback, it looks like, for Kentucky on Saturday. Too. Yeah. Terry Wilson is apparently injured. Uh, a minor injury. that uh, is like Is it a hand injury? Is that what they're calling it? And it started with a minor know. injury, and now he hasn't practiced all week. Yeah. And did he remove his Twitter account from supposedly, the Twitters? Supposedly he deleted his Twitter.com, yeah. Maybe he just got tired of the BS that he was getting on Twitter. Yeah, that could be I don't it. know. Yeah. But Gatewood, once upon a time, when he was at Auburn, was a, he was the next Cam Newton. Yeah. And, uh, well, now he's Kentucky's quarterback, and you wonder about him because we've seen Bo Nix, and Bo Nix is – kind of average and if Gatewood wasn't better than Bo Nix then I don't know what Kentucky's gonna get out of him this weekend plus it's not ideal that your first start has to be against Georgia's defense yeah yeah I know exactly exactly they have had uh I guess well no they haven't Georgia's had a week to get ready for Kentucky but Kentucky hasn't had a week to get ready for Georgia no and they had or the, they had one week and they had the predictable hangover yeah. against Missouri last week after smoking Tennessee and Knoxville the week before they looked really bad last week yeah Kentucky did and even in that win against Tennessee what they had two pick sixes yeah so yeah you know offensively it's not like they needed a lot in that game either but yeah last week they were pretty pitiful on offense I noticed perusing through the Georgia football notes that uh Jake Camarda is second in the nation in punting 50.7 average the leader is Max Duffy from Kentucky, who is the reigning Ray Guy Award winner. He's 27 years old from Australia. I didn't realize that. So the top two punters in the country will be uh, going at it on Saturday. Hopefully we won't see much of Camarda, and we'll see a lot of Duffy, unless there's the knots. If you had asked me even just like what school had the Ray Guy Award winner last year, I don't know that. I guess eventually I'd have just started naming schools and gotten around to Kentucky, but that would not have been the the first name on my list. I yeah. had no idea they had the Ray Guy Award winner either. from last year. That's why it helps to read those notes sometimes. Yeah, yeah. there's always <laughs> some information in there, even if there's no longer depth charts, right? The, Georgia puts the, – the, what most schools are doing now is they put the, the depth chart from the, la, the previous game. All right, it's at least Here's something. what it looked like from the previous game. And that's what Georgia does. Yeah. And you get a roster – George also tells us that the Bulldogs are the only team in the nation with at least three games against teams ranked in the AP Top 25. And that also has a winning record in those games. Which makes sense. We knew coming, coming into the season, Alabama was going to be one of the games. We figured Auburn. Weren't sure about Tennessee. So we're counting that? Yeah, they were ranked number 14 when Georgia beat them. No, all right. I guess it does yeah, count. And Alabama... Obviously, and, and Auburn. Auburn was ranked number seven. I mean, in fact, Auburn was number seven, so Georgia's already played two top ten teams and one and one against those. Yeah. Well, at the time they were played, the games were played, those teams were uh, <laughs> yeah. were ranked, so uh, I guess they can count them. Uh, what else we got this weekend in the league? We got, uh, well, Missouri and Florida will be interesting since that's the, the dog's next opponent going to Jacksonville to play the Gators, although you'll have to find that on the SEC network alternate the alternate yes uh channel which i just i i brought this up the other day like i don't understand if i'm florida like why why is that game starting at 7 30 if it's only on the alternate channel because if my next opponent is playing at noon i don't want to play at 7 30 that uh that night when you can just why couldn't they just play it you know like whenever they want yes yeah, it's on the alternate channel yeah yeah i don't know but I used to think I had a like a pretty good 
pulse on how TV worked and the scheduling, and I've just given up. I, know I have it, no idea. Yeah, I mean, I, for me, I know if, if, if the roles are reversed there and Florida was playing at noon Saturday and Georgia's game was at 7.30, but it was on the SEC Network alternate channel, like I would, I would be raising a fuss about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I know. I know. So the dogs get to play early. Now, they are on the road. Florida is at home, so I guess there is that to be said. But still, it does seem like a break for Georgia. They could potentially be getting back to Athens by the time Florida's kicking off. Yeah. I mean, they might be all tucked in and ready, yeah. ready for bed. Yeah, exactly. Um, no going out. And make sure everyone stays healthy because the Big Ten's already got issues with Wisconsin. You know who I have issues with? Nebraska. <laughs> like, you're in a conference – so you have to accept that the, the stipulations that are put out there by the conference and when the, the league first decided to shut down, Nebraska didn't want it. Ohio State didn't want to either. But Nebraska's the one out there that's just raising all kinds of... I don't remember uh, Ohio State raising a lot of cane. No, they didn't. But that's just they, it. You're yeah. at a conference. You vote. You lost the vote. Move on. So now... And I do. I feel bad for Nebraska because it's not... They didn't do any. Wisconsin was the one that couldn't follow protocols, and now they can't play this weekend, so Nebraska doesn't have a game either. So apparently they wanted to schedule a game against, like, Chattanooga, and the Big Ten said no because we've got protocols in place for uh, for how the season's going to be played. But Nebraska just is out there. They keep wanting to do their own thing. And, you know, enough. You're either in the league and you, you abide by the guidelines that the rest of the league agrees to or – I don't know. Go somewhere else. Though. I get that they want to play. I yeah, get that they want to play. I appreciate yes. that. Yeah. yeah. Well, how about you know Georgia, you know Florida. Um, I'm not going to say South Carolina, maybe Kentucky, but you know they were not happy with the SEC with the vote of playing only conference games this year. Yeah. Those schools wanted the plus one. Yeah. So that Florida could play Florida State and Georgia could play Tech. Like I said, I don't know if South Carolina had a problem with missing out, you know, not having to play Clemson, but those schools didn't say anything. It was the it was the the conference that voted that way, right? And like, none of those schools now are out making a fuck. Like we're going to schedule that game anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's they're not going to happen this year. It's unfortunate. This is a unique year, but Nebraska this whole time just they, you know, they keep bringing up this nonsense with the Big Ten and like it's just you're you're in a league and these guidelines were put out there by you know medical staffs at at each at each league and it just you know yeah maybe the Big Ten did screw up and they didn't leave themselves any wiggle room because there's no off date so if there's there's no there's no way to postpone games right it's either but they've already put in place it's like all right here's what we're gonna do yeah if you play a certain number of games you have a certain percentage that's going to count yeah so, no, there's not going to be any games made up, but here's the way we're going to handle this. Right. And I get Nebraska wants to play, and in their minds, they they followed protocols and they didn't get anyone sick, whereas Wisconsin you know, would be down to their fourth-string quarterback, basically. Their championship game is the 19th. The SEC's is the 19th. I guess is the ACC's the week before? They, no, the ACC announced, in fact, today oh. that it's going to be the 19th. Okay, so they had had either either or. And we, you did see where the SEC championship game is moving to eight o'clock or the eight o'clock hour. Yeah. So um, we'll see how they juggle all that. But what if a what if a conference championship game gets postponed or there's issues? Well, the, you know, the SEC is very possible. That might not be a bad idea. Like, if, how many years of the SEC, the two teams, like last year, Georgia would have made the playoff had it not had to play LSU. Yeah. It seems like I can remember a certain champion from three years ago that won it 
won the whole thing and didn't have to play in its conference championship game. Yeah, so that worked happened. out pretty well for them. Yeah, but I don't know, like if 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 Georgia if Bama if Bama runs the table and Georgia's sitting there nine and one and that Bama game's their only loss. If I'm Georgia, I'm like, you know what? We've got COVID issues, and we cannot play the game this weekend. <laughs> so I guess our next game will just be in the playoff. So if that were the case, if Bama were 10-0 and and Georgia were 9-1, and that would essentially for Georgia be the quarterfinal game. They wouldn't yeah. have a... But, but it wouldn't Bama, be for Bama. But it wouldn't be for Bama. No. Yeah. So <laughs> you could potentially see, yeah, how that might go for those two teams. But, you know... Georgia's still got to play Florida. I mean, yeah. they're, does Georgia have better players than Florida? Yes. Does that always mean you're going to win the game? No. So they still got to get past Florida before worrying about the SEC championship. Well, the one thing watching the Gators so far this year is their defense is horrible. Yes. But, so the question is, is Georgia's offense good enough to take advantage of that defense? Because yeah. every game Florida's played this year from – Although Ole Miss had its way with Bama's defense too, but you know Ole Miss put up a bunch of yards and a big number against them. Um, you know Texas A and M obviously did, and I guess South you know South Carolina kind of did too. It's really, it's the third down conversions that are a problem because the Aggies were what thirteen out of fifteen, and one of the third downs they didn't convert. They did get the fourth down, third and Grantham. Third and Grantham. Gators fans are finally figuring out what we meant by that. Remember last year, or was it? couple of years ago when they were like kind of taunting georgia that third and grantham was a good thing yeah hey like, we've got third and grantham yeah no that doesn't mean what you think it means yeah yeah um, third and grantham is awesome for us yeah bad for you yeah well now they're getting the uh the reality of that uh so let's see what else we got old miss and vandy uh, okay i guess i'm gonna Does assume Vandy still play when was the last time they played they played october 10th okay yeah yeah they've had the last two weeks off okay they're in the same boat as florida they haven't uh, – neither of those teams have played since October 10. Yeah, and then, like, the word even earlier this week with the Gators is they still have, like, a half dozen guys that – they were still yeah. having the uh, the COVID issues there. And all this kind of popped up after Dan Mullen said, we need to fill the stadium, and the next thing you know, they can't even fill the team. Yeah, well, I already saw, too, Mullen – because, you know, for Flo- Georgia and Florida, next week was supposed to be an off week. And, you know, the NCAA mandated election day, no team activities – and so now suddenly, I know Mullen has already been pretty vocal about it. I, you know, Kirby, I think is he's smarter about you know yeah. what he opens his mouth about and what he what right, he doesn't. But right, Mullen right. is already like, what are we doing? Why can't we do anything on Tuesday? Because they're both looking at like well, all of a sudden this is the Georgia Florida week, and neither team is going to be able to practice on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, 2020. This is the the world we we live in. Yeah. Yeah. So that's we're gonna have to just keep dealing with it. Yeah, but you know, I'm you know, Mullen was like, well, they they're going to class, right? But they can't come here and practice. So yeah. yeah, but yeah, that's that is that's what's out there now. Election day for the NCAA is no uh, no team activities, and it wasn't a big deal when that was originally set to be. I guess in an off date or no? I, you know, I guess it never was, was it? Because this week was supposed to this be the was off supposed week. to be the off week. Yeah, so and that next was always week was supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. No, so I, I guess I take yeah. that. No, no. They were supposed to play this week. Georgia, Florida, is supposed to be this this week. I thought this week was going to be the week off was week. Was supposed to be last week, the twenty fourth. Right. It was always supposed to be a Halloween game. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah, the game was supposed to be on Halloween. Yeah. So it would have factored <laughs> it uh, into it one way or another. I know. 
I can't keep anything straight. Uh, we do have Mike Leach and Nick Saban squaring off. And, and after Mike Leach annihilated LSU in Week One, that that offense has been yeah, I know what so stumbling, stumbling, bumbling. I guess bumbling. we haven't seen them in a couple of weeks, but yeah, they had two points at Kentucky and scored, uh, I think, one non-offensive touchdown against Texas A&M. So they've yeah, they've done very, very little, almost nothing since since that LSU game. But I do like uh, I do like Leach and Saban squaring off in a game because I guess we've. We've never seen that, have we? Have they never gone against each other? I, would, I guess they yeah, haven't. I, I, would I mean, not as a head coach, or not as head coaches. I'm sure when he was at Kentucky, potentially, they might have run. Would they have run into them when Saban was at LSU? I don't know. I'd just have to go back and look. I yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, Leach was there at T by T for a while, and yeah. I guess at Washington State, they've uh, yeah. they never crossed paths. Uh, so think I don't know the, the schedules week in and week out now are starting to look a lot better. There are more games since the Big Ten has uh, joined in. I guess the Pac-12 coming soon, and we'll have action on Tuesday and Wednesday nights coming up in a uh, in a couple of weeks as well. But the Big Ten was I think next win I think next week Wednesday. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Because I guess us. this week was potentially still the World Series was going on, so I think they usually waited until yep. after that. But I do like that the Mac realizes like this is our thing playing on weeknights. So like their entire schedule is just weeknight games, right? They're not playing any games on Saturdays. Oh, is that right? I think so. And the thing too is, I mean, <laughs> I, I I am not trying to take a a knock here, but like with you'd watch those midweek Mac games sometimes, and the stadiums would be half full a quarter full so yeah. it's not gonna really be any different yeah that was like even i mean just when it when it came to the idea of like what's it going to be like to watch sports without spectators and i have not had a problem with it but that was always one thing i thought is like i don't know i've watched i've watched college football games on tuesday nights where really there's like nobody there yeah so it's, <laughs> it's not so, a big deal and that's good that's good hey get on tv and then have the weekends off yeah I know it messes probably messes your your calendar up but they're used to it they've been doing it for years and somehow the broadcasts have done a pretty decent job of i mean putting some kind of ambient noise in there that makes it sound like the place is packed and i mean it's weird too but having those some of those cardboard cutouts in the seats does it does kind of help it yeah. just make things look filled in yeah yeah so uh, yeah, it's, it's it's about to really pick up, and I, I just you know I'll be curious to see like uh, if you know we've already seen one cancellation now in the Big Ten. What if Ohio State had to miss a couple of games and they go what six and zero instead of eight and zero, or yeah. five and zero instead of eight? You know, does that does that give them enough of a, a resume to be in the in the playoff? Well, well, the the what's the rule? The Big Ten is the rule is to even make their conference title game. You've got to play six. Oh, you got to play six. Okay. Yeah, I can't keep up with all the rules and everything in every league. I can't keep up with it. No, that's the the Big Ten is the one league though that they they don't really have any any room. There's no opportunity to just can't uh, postpone a game. It's just yeah. it's canceled, and that's what they saw this week with um, Wisconsin and. Nebraska, but luckily we still have Indiana at Rutgers. Luckily, lined up. Hey, that's a letdown. Both of those teams coming off huge wins. <laughs> no, huge wins. Somebody's got to win again. You have no idea. Like, yeah, one of those teams is going to be two and zero. That's right. And then you do have Ohio State, Penn State this week. By the way, I haven't talked to you. I watched the the end of that Indiana Penn State game was really good. Watching the 
that last play of the quarterback for Indiana diving for the pylon, I think I watched that 30 times, and you could have convinced me either way that it was good or no good. Yeah, I could see in, like, you know, watching it live, he stretches out, the pylon yeah. falls over, it looks. But then when you're watching it in replay, like, it looks like the ball the ball hit the ground first. Yeah. But I maybe there should be a rule, because, like, even if, if you knew nothing about football or the rules, and you ask somebody, like, do you think this player scored here? And like, well, no, because his he didn't get in the end zone. Yeah, like maybe like at least some part of a, a player's body needs to cross the goal line, and not just the ball. Just the ball. And also, again, the camera angle was from like the four or five yard line. Could we get the camera angle on the goal line? Yeah, the two most important lines on the field are the goal lines. And was that was that game? That wasn't like just on the Big Ten Network, was it? Wasn't it on like? It was on a, um, a no, I think it was on one of the Fox. Maybe, maybe Fox? it was FS1 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they can afford a pylon cam or something. Yeah, you would think. Yeah. 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 So that was one of those two where, yeah. I, I and, and the thing is, I guess for the, the officials on the field, they're like, I can make the call. So I, go, I can call. But your call, there's a good chance, whatever you call, if there's not enough evidence to overturn it, then it's going to be the call that yeah. you make. But that was another one of those deals, too, where it's like two days in a row because it happened to the Falcons. But Indiana let Penn State score and so that because their only chance was to get the ball back. And they were down eight, and they marched downfield, scored a touchdown, hit the two, tied the game, and then you're in overtime. And, I mean, the difference, though, for Penn State is, as opposed to the Falcons, like Penn State, they, let, they were in the lead already. Like they, they had no business scoring, at least with the Falcons the other day. I mean, you, I, you know, Atlanta was – they were trailing, so I can – I could see where, I, you know, a field goal, even if it is from, like, the one-yard line, stuff can happen. So you get the points and just hope your defense can stop them. But Penn State was in the lead, and they got greedy and blew it. Yeah. Interesting how that game had that the, – the goal the goal line thing, it had the scoring, not scoring, and then you had the Falcons scoring, not score. You know, all that stuff in those two games wrapped up. It made for some interesting – for some interesting football. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll have some more this weekend and uh, dogs in Kentucky, which you can hear on the ref beginning at 8 a.m. with the broadcast and also uh, noon. Yeah. And, of course, the ref app within a 75-mile. The old geo fence. The geo fence of Athens. Did you, did you um, think that, and I'm switching subjects here completely because I wanted to talk a little bit of baseball before we got done. Kevin Cash, the manager for the Rays, caught a lot of flack for taking his man out after two times through the Dodgers' uh, order, even though he was dealing. Yeah. Are you one of those jumping on the the, tra- and, uh, the, the train of he should have left him in because he was dealing or he went with what he was told to go with? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm – I give him the benefit of the doubt because it, that wasn't like a managerial decision that all of a sudden like came out of the blue and he like choked in the World yeah. Series and made a stupid decision. It certainly did not work out the other night, but that's how that's like the philosophy of that organization when it comes to its starting pitchers and how many times through they want to uh, you know, they want their starter to see you know, to to go through a lineup and in in game 2 of that series Snell had no hit him through four and two thirds, had nine strikeouts in that game too, like he did the other night, and all of a sudden gave up a walk, a homer, another walk, a single. So it just, 
you know, it got away from them pretty fast there. And I'm, you know, I'm, maybe Kevin Cash had that same idea. It's like I, he was dealing in game two, and all of a sudden he wasn't. And so there the Dodgers were. He was dealing, but they had a line drive to center field, and he had his pen ready to to try and finish off that game. Oh, the other point I'd make too is like they did only score one run. Like everyone's yeah. thinking it was like that 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 pitch that cost him the the game. And I mean, I yeah, sure, it's possible he could have thrown a a complete game shutout or something and they could have won one nothing but you know also like if people seem to be forgetting that Tampa scored one run in that game like that's more often than not not going to be enough especially against an, a lineup like the Dodgers so yeah and it wasn't it wasn't like they, and they only gave up three runs which isn't bad against a lineup like the Dodgers does um like the Lakers and the Dodgers both winning titles 17 days apart in this year of the COVID do they do they count to you yeah, I, it felt real to me. I even watched a little bit of the NBA Finals. The baseball felt real. I can tell you this. When I was watching the Braves, I felt the same angst and nervousness that I felt when they were playing playoff games in regular regular years. Yeah. I mean, it's like they, they started the season later, but this is the, these are the dates that the postseason yeah. would have been. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think it, it counts. And now um, – so now you got the Lightning won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. See, that would have been if Tampa had won, they would have had two. Of yeah. Them. And not, not in the NFL. You you know you got Brady with the Bucks. Yeah. So Tampa's lur- Tampa's lurking there too. I don't guess L is L A. Do we have a threat for an L A. Super Bowl? Maybe the Rams. Maybe yeah. But and Dude, the, the, I the still Super- forget the Chargers are L A. Also. And the Super Bowl's in Tampa. Oh yeah, that's so right. I oh. can pull that. All right, appreciate you uh, checking us out again today. However you subscribe to a podcast, uh, rate us on iTunes or listen anytime on demand at uh, 960theref.com or download that 960theref app. Make sure you uh, get that and you can get all of our on-demand programming. You can listen to The Ref live uh, wherever you are, whenever you want, and stream Georgia sports programming, live events within a 75-mile radius of Athens. And the next one up is Saturday afternoon with the Dogs at Kentucky. For Dave, I'm Chris. This has been the Crossover Podcast here on 960theref.com and the 960theref app. You've been listening to The Crossover, presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen on 960theref.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.